0: Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified Pirates to treat to inside information about HU and HU athletics. I'm your host, Tariq, aka Big Greek from the HU Pirate Ship. I'm a two thousand alum. We also have Hampton from the HU Pirate Ship. What's going on, Hamptonite?
1: Nothing so much, man. You know, new year. Just recovering from a storm here in the northeast. So I'm, I'm happy.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and it was crazy. We, we had the same storm down here in the, in the South, but, uh, it was uh, almost 70 degrees today. So it was good to get out <laughs> and, uh, and get some sun for a second. Uh, but, Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. It should be a good, good podcast. Um, it's the second podcast of 2016, so we got a packed show Hampton and Now we decided to definitely do a show after the ballot of Bay, so we can uh, talk about that uh, that that uh, good outcome this weekend. So yeah, we got a couple things to talk about. Ballot of Bay. Uh, we're gonna give a rundown of women's basketball so far. Just update you guys on men's basketball. Uh, some thoughts on signing day, which is coming up, and then we just talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. I mean. We got a little extra time, no football, no Miac football, so we can just—I just wanted to share some thoughts uh, on the Super Bowl and, and, and talk about that big game between the Panthers and the uh, Broncos. So, without any further ado, let's uh, get into the Battle of the Bay. So, it looked like every Battle of the Bay that I've been to was a full house. I mean, I saw people at the top, the, the last row in the stadium. So, I mean, you, you, that's that's a good sight to see. So, the pack house, people all the way up to the top of the rafters. Great atmosphere, cheerleaders battling like normal, the bands. I don't know if Noah for Six band was there because I was watching on TV, but uh, normally the bands are battling, people in the stands are battling, game is good. So looks like it held up to its uh, end of the bargain. Um, and it's even better because the Pirates got the sweep. Um, so the, the woman won uh, 73 to 62. Uh they had a huge lead at halftime, but you know uh Norfolk State was gonna make a push. Uh they didn't want to get too embarrassed. So they actually came back uh second half, but the lady still held on. Um Aaliyah Tate the Freeder, she led the Pirates with uh, twenty four points. Um uh Michaela sale hopefully I'm saying her last name correct. Um she also had fifteen points and uh Kylan Willis, uh, she had fourteen points um to uh you know, the to lead the pirates to victory over the Spartans. Um, and then the men also got the win. Um strong game from Johnson, uh Reggie Johnson, he's been balling the past couple games. He led the Pirates with twenty nine points. Um Chivas had sixteen points, Darden had sixteen points, and then Cooks, who's sort of like my unsung hero so far this year, he's also had he had twelve points um to uh to uh, round out the scoring for the Pirates. Um so yeah, the men won that game 86 Uh it was dicey, you know, right after halftime a little bit. But the men pulled away. Um, I thought the game would have come down to free throws because Norfolk State is one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country and we're one of the worst. Um and both teams are pretty good at three, so I figured, you know, it would be a close game and free throws might have made the difference. But Pirates kept it, you know, enough distance so that it didn't even come into play. So two good wins for the men and women. Um, what's your thoughts on the on the battle of Bayham tonight?
1: Well, just like you know, I watched the game uh pretty much on Hampton or Pirate Network <laughs> and um I did watch both games. Um I'm gonna just start with the women. Uh first of all, it is for playing for pride, especially in the peninsula. And I think that the score was not indicative of now I'm talking about the women's. The score was not ad- indicative of how that game should have been played. Seventy three to sixty two victory over over norfolk state the reason why i'm saying this is because norfolk state's women's team is 0-19 i mean and we win by a measly 11 points you know i mean i know they're playing for pride and playing for you know for state bragging right but it should not have been that close and you could tell it's definitely a down year and the women's division because a mediocre Hampton's women's team is leading the pack. And I love David Spix's program. That goes to show the genius of his program, because he is right now, he has plug-and-play players, you know. He does not have any height, and the height that he does have does not get enough experience coming off the bench. So, you know, you have uh, Malia Tate DeFreitas, and you have Michaela Sale. You know, then, of course, you got uh, Willis down there. And, you know, for that Norfolk State game, you know, if you think about it, uh, DeFreitas had 24 points, then Sale had 15, and Willis had 14. They're pretty much the nucleus of this team. And these three, I think, are good enough to, I would say, to keep the lead in the MIAC. And to be honest, man, I mean, I just do not see the – see anyone challenging them um the lady pirates and uh the, and the react may outside of maybe the building or morgan but those you know i still stretch for them so i mean i'm done with the women because i already expect them to win it out anyway now if we go over to the men i will say this um oh my god that is probably the most complete team i think joiner has had so far even though, I mean, there are some um, some weaknesses uh, on the squad, you know. Reginald Johnson, first, let me just go ahead and say this. That joker should be playing uh, somewhere next year, you know. He should be playing, I mean, if not in the NBA or the NBA DL or somewhere over in Italy or anywhere in Europe, you know. He has that type of skill because he could just hit a shot from anywhere on the floor. And then, of course, you got Quentin Tedious who... I Buck Joyner just said in the Daily Press article called him the poor man's Draymond Green. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so he's he's eighty five million dollars less than Draymond, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean he, I mean he's an excellent uh, finisher. You know, I mean he catch the, he catch the ball in a little post. He can catch it on the perimeter. He can drive and dish. You know, he's just a dangerous guy. And then. Um, now, with Norfolk State, you know, they have uh, – I mean, of course, Coach Robert Jones over there, he always has his team playing. And I think that his style of play fits his players that he has. Um, I do. I did not get that same level of intensity that uh, Hampton put forth. I mean, I know it was a little bit of home cooking. It was the home court. You know, the adrenaline was fresh. But I did not see – you know, the Norfolk State players' lack of, I would say, competitiveness as compared to the Pirates, you know, because, yeah, they, they, they did bring, I mean, they did uh, come back from, I think, a, a nine-point uh, 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 lead that the Pirates had and went up a few points, but they did not do enough to sustain the lead, you know, late in the game, which the Pirates had done, uh uh time and time again, you know, they did it with North Carolina Central with that buzzer beater, you know. They just have a knack for knowing what to do late in the games. And I think I didn't see that with Norfolk State. And, you know, we have uh, Presley, who, I mean, I think you said it, he has a partially torn ACL. That's right.
0: <laughs> and no, no, actually, Achilles, Achilles, I think. I an-
1: Achilles, I'm Achilles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, ACL, no, yeah. he went even down the court. Yeah. okay. And he is still a president down low and he's probably on one leg. And uh I'm just really impressed with this team so far. And you know, their record goes to show I think they're what, twelve and eight. That's right. So so no, I'm 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 over overly enthused and impressed and I and I think we have some really good players on the squad, you know, Darden, Johnson, TVs, Presley, uh, Fisher, you know, and of course Cooks, you know. That's a good, solid nucleus. I know we do have seniors on that squad, but I'm expecting them to finish it out the season strong.
0: Yep, agreed, agreed. And one thing, I think, you know, uh, the Hampton to Pirate defense is what really stifled um, uh, Norfolk State, you know, in that second half because prior to this game, they were talking about the previous two games. Norfolk State was shooting almost like 50% from threes. I mean, they were hitting a whole mm-hmm. lot of them. So I think once they saw that that shot wasn't falling due to just the pressure of the situation, due to the anthem defense, that kind of just deflated them. And, and Johnson then just took over the game and, and put it away. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like how they finish. Um, I just wish they wouldn't relinquish those leads because it seems like the same story every game. I mean, they come out firing. And, and at some point in time, first half, they're up by double digits. And at some point in time in the second half, they're down. I mean, and then they pull it out. But well, I'm, I'm glad they're pulling out. But they they do live dangerously. But at least against this game against Norfolk State, they they able to put them away. So definite good win. Definite uh, bragging rights until I think what late February or so when we play them again. And uh, absolutely, and we'll, we'll, I think we'll see a different uh, type of Norfolk State uh, team. Um, late in the half. But, you know, I, I was at that Central game, of course, and, I mean, that, that atmosphere was pretty crazy. So I don't think – I think Hampton can survive that Norfolk State atmosphere. They've, they've been playing tough games on the road all year and acquitting themselves well. So I'm sure they'll continue to do that against the – Absolutely. The Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, just like me and you, we've been to Eccles Arena many times. And, of course, as a student and as an alum, and his fathers. I mean, now as student, yeah, I was on the first floor when their, uh, I think their janitor. They call it Peanut. <laughs> 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 I don't know if you remember. He was a mop guy. He used to have the mop on uh, mop. He sit by the home desk. You know, he threw mop water on one of our cheerleaders. Oh,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> in And 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 true, no fork, steak, fast fashion. Yeah, I expect nothing less. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm talking to, and I, when I told Spartan Ghost and or um, uh, what's uh, Spartan Head, all those guys, you know, I mean, they just kind of laughed it off. But you know, I mean, you, you don't do that. I mean, Echo to me is what makes this rivalry great. You know, you you do not you do not know what you're going to get once once you walk in there. That's true. And and you know, I and mean, it's just fun. You know, I I love being there. But you know that was, as a student, as an alum, I kind of sat a little bit in the middle section, you know, because you're kind of cool now. You have a little bit more responsibility now as fathers. Now we should wait at the top because in case something <laughs> might go down. <laughs> and that's and that's even at the convocation center too, you know. <laughs> so I mean, but yeah, I I'm expecting uh, an excellent atmosphere at this day. and just like what you said, I guess what the eight thousand people. In the Raptors, and you can tell that there were a lot of people just in the backside, you know, probably over there by the concession stand, you know, lot these kids, you know, they, they, you know, they just want to go and be and be seen. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know so, that Norfolk State though it brings us out because you know, oh yeah, I mean, you know, typically our fans, let's be honest, they don't like to cheer. It's just too much energy. Yeah, so it yeah. has to be like <laughs> an obvious situation to cheer, but. For some reason, yeah. against Norfolk State, people know when to cheer. <laughs> and so they, they actually brought it out and, uh, and represented. So that, that was good to see, man.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely. It's because I I think that most HBCU rivalries, and I've said this before many times, like the average student that goes to HBCU, let's say if they're from Atlanta like me, the majority of the people that were from Atlanta that went to Hampton or from Georgia, that were that would go to another state. You know, their team is uh that the my like our team was the Georgia Bulldogs, you know. Hampton was kind of secondary, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it's the same way with the majority of the students now, you know, but if an if a student is from North Carolina, you know, he might be a UNC or Duke fan. But, you know, and then he'll go, yeah, I'll I'll root for Hampton, I'll root for North State, but I don't know who the players are. But when it comes to this game they know who the players are, yeah. and they don't want to lose this game, you know? And that's on both sides. So I do think that, yeah, they do cheer. And I do think that uh, they want to see – of course they want to be entertained, but they want to they, – they do not want to win close. I mean, I mean, win, uh, win in a blowout fashion. They want to see a good
0: old-fashioned hate-filled game, and I think we got that. Yep. Yep, we did. We did. So, Yep. Round one goes to Hampton. At, uh, <clears throat> and and you know what, man? I would not be surprised if the teams played three times this year because I think both oh, no. are, are good enough to uh, advance in the tournament. And that would be perfect, man. That would be perfect to beat them at this. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> if, if we get to play them in the
1: last game of the year to play like last time. Oh, All right. Oh. Uh, don't let Norfolk State win, though. Oh, my God. If they win in Norfolk, at the tournament, oh my god, we will probably never hear the end of that.
0: No, and and so, if we uh, make it that far in the tournament in the MIA, and we we might have to broadcast this thing live <laughs> from a, from that uh, game, man. That would oh, I'm, that'd be
1: crazy. I'm, Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. It's so excited. Yep, indeed. Good stuff, man. The, the MEAC is always good when Hampton and Norfolk State and North Carolina Central are the top three schools. That's true. And I was and I was to a extent, Morgan State. But yeah, uh, but when you can have just like what we're seeing now, South Carolina State, but Cookman, A and T and and uh Savannah State in the mix, you know, those are traditional meat basketball powers and i think that you know it kind of you know the fans are not into it but hey when those when um, when the two big big blockbusters um are at 1 and 2 then you know <laughs> it's it's a big
0: thing yep indeed indeed so yeah I, I we'll see them play at least one more time and hopefully that third time at the scope in the uh in, so. In the tournament so yeah, man. So yeah, let's talk about the uh, women's basketball. Last last podcast, we dove into the men and, and men's team this year and talked about where they are and where we see them going. So let's do the same thing for the Lady Pirates this year. So um, their record, you know, they're they're nine and twelve, not typical. Not you know we're used to seeing the Lady Pirates a little better than that. Um, they had a really tough out of conference schedule. Um, they started with seven straight losses and. Uh, they were one and nine through the first ten games. Now, because the team has been so successful recently, you know, six is having a hard time scheduling quality close opponents. So you kind of got to go where you got to go. So I mean, the team was all on the West Coast, so they were or Midwest or West Coast to start the season. So they had some hit a lot of bumps in the road playing uh, Big Ten teams, Pac-12 teams. Um, so some really tough games. So. The good thing to see is, you know, I watched quite a bit of those games. They were really competitive in all of them. It was just they got worn down in the second half by the other team's size and depth, but uh, I think they earned a lot of respect by the way they played those games. So, tough start. Seemed to have helped build some character. (laughs) Even I don't believe in that losses stuff, building character, but it seemed to have happened this time where they just kind of matured on their own Uh, ever ever since. And this might be because of the MIAC schedule as well, but ever since they were 8-2, um, so it seems like they've gotten healthy against some uh, some uh, easier competition. Um, and the other story for the year is uh, losing Ryan Jordan for the year with a torn ACL. So she was a a really important senior presence for the team. So I know that hurt hurt as a fan to see that. Um, but it seems like they've rebounded and, and are trying to uh, fill her that void. And it seems like they've done well with that so far. But that was a big loss. So. That's a really overall, you know, overall feeling of the team. Any any overall high-level thoughts about what we've seen so far here tonight?
1: Uh, I mean, I will say this. You did hit the nail on the head when we lost Ryan Jordan. You know, she was, I would say, is the, after uh, Malia take the free test, uh, she, I would say, was the second in command. And, you know, she just commanded, you know, big, she, she basically had it. You okay? Yep, sorry, excuse me. Uh, it's all good. You know, she basically uh, commanded a huge presence present from the court. And so once you lose her, you know, you got to go deep, go deeper down in that bench. And, I mean, we just still have some, some talent that I don't think was ready to play. And then, you know, you hit it the nail on the head when you said uh, a lot of the local teams did not want to play a David Sixers program. And that's absolutely right, you know. Gone are the days you would get a BMI or a or Liberty, you know, or uh, a James Madison, you know, opponents we would normally just feast on, you know. And, and of course, you're not going to get those. You know, we did get James Madison this year, and, of course, they were ready for us if they didn't take us lightly. But, I um, mean, if you think about it, the first nine, eight games that we had, Iowa State, Washington State, Oregon, Utah. Texas, james madison and and drexel and then we finally won one against morgan so they had a tough sled you know just from the start and just to piggyback off of that we have actually um have started to win games after that after those losses and so now we're on a what a five game winning streak and we have Melanie and short and howard and Morgan State, you know, coming up, uh, b- the bottom feeders of the MEAC. So, no, we are actually on course to pro- to probably have a winning record this year. So I'm very impressed with them. I know this is a down year for David's for David six standard, but we still should be able to win the MEAC easy.
0: Yep, that should happen. They, they should win. Um, they, you know, I would not be surprised if there's a hiccup somewhere in here and there, but that still should be enough to – uh, claim the regular season uh, title um, um, for the Lady Pirates. But that that's a, that's my expectation, our expectation. So I think that should happen. So, uh, but you know, even though it's been an interesting year so far, they've had some pretty good wins actually. Um, they beat Wake Forest in the uh, FIU Surfing Santa Classic, and they also beat Rhode Island in that uh, classic as well. 59. Uh, 59- 54. So it actually won the entire thing. So those are the two best wins I've seen so far uh, from the Lady Pirates. So no one was expecting them to beat Lake Forest. So um, that was an excellent win uh, for David Sixteen. So they seem to do that every season, upset some power school, which helps you to understand why people don't want to schedule the Lady Pirates. So they actually did their thing there. Uh, my worst loss um, this year is actually against James Madison. They were winning that game – in double digits in the uh, fourth quarter, but uh, just uh, James Madison pulled it out. And I, I just say that because Madison is actually a good team. Um, they got a lot of talent, and uh, they were ranked. I know last year at some point in time, and I think maybe even earlier this year they were ranked too. So I was hoping they could actually pull that game out, get some in-state bragging rights, get some more you know access to local recruits with that win. So I, I'm sorry that they couldn't pull that out. But uh, that's uh, my, my best wins and losses. Any... Any different wins or losses I had tonight, or, or you pretty much agree with those?
1: No, I agree with you. I mean that James Madison, I think, was a heartbreaker. So I think that was probably the worst one that they had because you felt like they had it in their clutches with that. And
0: you that know, was you just at watched it, Man, that was at home. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you just watched that lead dissipate. So yeah, that was tough.
0: Yep. Yeah, But uh, yeah, tough, tough loss. Uh, but yeah, ever since that game, they've been playing. Playing well, uh or, or except for South Carolina State. You can't count that one. I mean South Carolina yeah. South Carolina they're yeah. number two team in the in the nation, so
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about uh what the team does well. So they play extremely hard, you know. That that's always a good one, David Six six, you're gonna get the effort, gonna get defensive intensity. Um the the ladies are gonna play hard every game. Um other cool things that, you know, if you look at just from a statistical standpoint, they don't lead the MIAC in any in any category. So, I mean, they're in the middle of packing every statistic, but they're still in first place in the league. So that's just a lot of effort, man. Um, so, that, you know, the stats, I think, kind of point out. Sometimes you can say, hey, we're a number one scoring team. You know, we're going to just outscore you. But, you know, they're winning in different ways in different games. So I think that's. Shows how versatile they are, and they're still trying to actually learn learn their craft. Um, still in first place, seven and one uh, in conference play. Um, they have the lead, the MIAC second leading scorer, and uh, Malia Tate the Defridis, and they have no seniors who start. So this is still a young team. I mean, they got everything: freshmen, sophomores, <laughs> juniors, and and no seniors. So they're still learning, and uh, I think this is sort of like a rebuilding year, air quotes. Um, so they they're doing well and getting a lot of great in game experience. So those are my superlatives about the 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 lady pirates. Any more to add to him tonight? Uh you know what? I think you you basically just hit the nail
1: on the head. I mean, this is a rebuilding year, but a rebuilding year for Coach Davis Six is still seven and one and leading the MIAC. Yes. You know, what does that say about him? It says that he is implementing a system, a culture of winning, you know, and that was, remember, uh, Patricia Bibbs had the same culture, you know, mm-hmm. where just win at all costs. And, you know, these are the type of players that, you know, I'm glad Hampton, uh, is keeping, you know, I mean, I'm not players, I mean coaches, you know, you know, Harvey is going to keep, uh, he wants to keep David sick, you know, Eugene Marshall, you know, they're very happy with the, with the actual progress that he has done. So, I mean, I mean, my superlatives are basically the culture of winning that six is installed, you know. The is, I would say, she is magic on the court. And, you know, it's nothing more than, you know, I could say, you know, these, these girls give it their all. And, you know, they are, I would say, a little bit deficient because they don't have the height. But they make, for, make up for it in effort and strategy, and they just will not let a team... Uh, beat them. Um, they, they just will not beat themselves, and that's, the, that's my big support of the
0: four of them. Yep, excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I agree, man. And um, So what's not to, not to like about the team, or what can they work on? So there's a lot of things they can work on, but generally for me, it seems like the defense isn't as intense as you normally see from a six team, but you know, I think they're lacking some height, a lot of height, and some depth, so maybe they can't go you know, all out like they normally do. But the defense isn't as dominant as they've been in the past couple of years. But that's my only real complaint about the team thus far, man. Anything to add there? Um, no, you're absolutely right.
1: Height is a problem. We do have height on the roster, but they are still very green. Uh, and definitely rebounding, you know. Uh, the defense, yes, you're absolutely right, it is a little bit, Suspect, and it is it is kind of hard to play defense when you have a five foot three guard, and the guard and she's guarding a person that's what five nine six feet. You know, yeah, they she, <laughs> you know, you're gonna see you're gonna see some breakdown in the defense. Um, so no, you're absolutely right.
0: Yep, yep. So, but uh, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. I think they're doing well, playing well. Um, so that's good. We don't have much. Else to really gripe about, and it's hard to complain when it's seven and one. So we'll, we'll keep a positive, <laughs> right? <A> positive there. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the stat leaders. Uh, we can really just uh, talk about Malia Tate Defridis for the most part. So she leads the team in scoring at 19.8 per game. Leads the team in assists at 2.8 per game. Actually, uh, Kayla Lupo, can I say that right? She uh, leads yeah. the team in rebounding at 7.7 per game. But second is Malia at uh, 6.7 rebounds per game. And uh, Kayla Lupe, she also leads the team in blocks. Uh, I forgot the number, but it's not even close who's second. So she is our defensive presence down low. Uh, Given those stats, I'd say the MVP thus far, and barring any unforeseen circumstances, it would have to be Malia Tate to Frida. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's like... You know,
0: like,
1: one plus one is two.
0: <laughs> right. 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 You have to think about that so far. But it, it is a team game, but she is the, you know, but basketball is a is a game where you need some stars and real ballers. So she is that and, and gives us the edge over all the MIAC, uh foes. And she's still got one more year to go, man. That's kind of amazing. That, that That's oh. amazing.
1: You can't beat that. You can't beat that with a state. You know, that's just – I mean that's just awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, man. Let's now let's talk about the ladies' um, Niac standing. So Hampton, of course, is first at seven and one. Bethune-Cookman six and two. Morgan State five and two. Uh, A&T is six and three. Coppin State at four and two. Then you got Florida A&M, and everybody else is just around five hundred or somewhere around five hundred. And bringing up the rear. Of the Miak standings for the lady basketball uh, teams are Howard at 1 and 5 and Norfolk State at 0 and 9, which is fitting. We're in first, there, and last. So that's <laughs> that's a good, good thing to see uh, for the Miak lady standings. So I don't know anything else to add there. So just uh, sort of a jumbled mess. No one else sticks out to me except uh, Hampton uh, as far as. Uh, you know, as a complete team. So they just have to be focused and not avoid any trap games. And uh, they should finish atop the standings at the end of the regular season. So, yeah, I'm expecting them to uh, win the regular season title. And um, let's just hopefully they can continue to replace uh, and play well without uh, Ryan Jordan. So no more injuries, man. Can't, Can't afford any more injuries. So anything else to add about the Lady Pirates, man?
1: No, I mean, no, just like what you said. I expect them to win I would say they're probably gonna have a hiccup uh probably one game or two, but I do expect them to win out win out for the rest of the season.
0: Yep. Indeed, indeed. So let's let's uh, jump over to the man. We won't go too in depth but we'll just give an overview of where they are. So they're at twelve and eight right now, um overall and uh eight and one in the Miac, um <clears throat> playing well. Um, they had the first loss, to actually, South Carolina State. Free throws seemed to have cost them that game, so they just didn't hit them down a the stretch. And because uh, so They were actually leading at that game, too, so, and they, they should have won that one, but close game. They could not pull that one out. Uh, Reggie Johnson is balling. He's going crazy right now. Uh, he's actually leading the Pirates in scoring in six of the last seven games, and he's averaging just about 21 points per game over that stretch. Um, so he's he's playing well. You know, he kind of goes through these spurts where you don't see him. You know, he takes yeah. a shot here or there, and you're like, man, what the hell was that shot? But then yeah. at some point in time, man, he just gets hot. And that's it. And everybody yeah. kind of moves out the way and just lets him go. And, you know, <laughs> what's that old video game where the guy goes on fire and the ball's on fire? goes oh, on fire.
1: <laughs> that was an NBA, NBA jam. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it,
0: man. He he turns into that these, these past couple games somewhere in the second half. So. I mean, he's the guy, man. He's, if, if Chivas, I mean, in the second half, he just goes unconscious and uh, takes over the game. Um, so, yeah, he's playing well. And the other good news is Presley is back. So, you know, yeah. we saw everyone saw what happened uh, in that central game. Um, non-contact injury just fell out, grabbing the back of the Achilles. We all feared the worst, but apparently he made it back. He has a partially torn Achilles from uh, somewhere I was reading, I think maybe the Daily Press, but uh, he's gotten it out and it's going to give us that presence. And I think he, he's still my secret weapon. I mean, he's while he was hurt, Cooks is my new secret weapon, but after that is Presley because even though he's going to start the game out with two fouls, he's going to be intimidating down in the post. He's going to talk some trash. He's going to get guys off the game and actually give them a real mean uh, presence in the post while he's out there. So we, we need that um with him down in the post. So it it's good to see him back. Um so that's just the general overall uh overview of the men's team. They're playing well right now. Anything else to add here tonight?
1: You know what? I think you pretty much hit the nail on the
0: head. You know, I mean
1: those three guys, of course Johnson, Chevius and Jarvis you know, those are I mean, those that's the bedrock of this uh this team. Of course you have uh uh, Hayden in there and you got uh, Hesley who I think is a spark plug off the bench you know I mean he's a he's an anchor down low I mean I know he's just six foot eight but I mean try try dunking on this guy try, uh, try mm-hmm. dry, driving the lane on this guy no so it's just not going to happen you know I do think um, going forward that if you look how the schedule plays out you know we have Washington at Venice. I mean, whoever put those, <laughs> put them there. I mean, I mean, but this is the issue that I have, though. I mean, if we, I mean, we're, if we go to the tournament, they're gonna look at this score at this team, Washington at Venice, and that is the difference between playing a 16th seed, just you know. Being a 16th seed or a 15 seat or in a playing game, you know, and I felt that if we go to the tournament this year, we have done enough to merit that we should be a 15 or may, possibly I would say I wouldn't say a 14. You know, I think we could, but I mean we should merit a 15 seed. But when you put when you schedule Washington at Venice, then you know nobody's going to take you seriously. But at the end of the day, I mean, we do have Howard coming up, Maryland Eastern Shore, Morgan State, Delaware State. You know, we have a lot of winnable games on the docket. And, of course, you got got uh, Norfolk State the last game of the year. So I, re- I really think that, you know, we are shaping up to win actually win the NEAC and to be in a very good position from tournament time. Yep, agreed,
0: agreed. I, man, I had the same thoughts about that washington washington the Venice game. The only thing I think I'm almost certain they're an NAIA team. So mm-hmm. in theory it should not count at all as really an exhibition game, but you know that goes into mm-hmm. the decision making process. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's just hope nobody gets hurt, man. And at worst case yeah. no one gets hurt and even worse than that, they they don't they can't lose that game. You know,
1: absolutely. Win, absolutely. get
0: away healthy and, and we'll we'll forget a game ever even happens. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. That's cool. So, you know, good quick me at, uh rundown of the standings of the men. Uh Hampton of course eight and one. South Carolina State, surprise of the year, they're seven and two. Norfolk State is at six and two. And Howard is at four and two and then you just got a whole bunch of teams in the middle. Uh a couple games back from uh first place. So um it'll be a, a interesting stretch. A lot of uh mediocre teams um, um, so just you know, who can stay focused and power through the uh, monotony of league play who, who is who will who will be situated well for the tournament. So hopefully that is us. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that sums it up for the men. Um, up next, we want to give some thoughts on signing day. That's coming up. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but Hampton Knight is all tuned into that. So he wanted to share some thoughts on signing day for the Pirates.
1: Well, I will say a few things that um, our coaches are really doing their due diligence this year. Um, a lot of the players that, I mean, I, if you looked in the past, i say the past two recruiting uh, classes for Connell Maynard, you just see a lot of transfers. You know, and I think we kind of needed them at those times because we still had a lot of uh, of the old Regime's players with Rose's players. And you still had their players were pretty young, and I don't think he wanted to throw them in there that quickly. Um, So if you take a look, you know we got a six foot eight tackle out of Florida, uh, Todd Brighthub, you know, big guy. Then we got another six foot three guard out of uh, Florida, Matt Hearn. I don't know how to pronounce it uh, correctly, uh, but I think it is Hearn. Uh, six, three, I think 275, 280 pound kid. And another kid out of, uh, Alabama, Ryan Carlisle, six foot one center. So, you know, they, they're doing their due diligence. You know, they're getting players that fit their scheme so far. And they, obviously they committed, they had not signed. So, you know, those are the players that have uh, announced on Twitter that they would be attending Hampton. Then of course you got, uh, Tyreek Graham, uh, and Daquan Lewis and uh, uh T C Chisley, you know, these are uh, local kids, you know, all from Phoebus. And you know, we got uh and of course Elijah Nelson. I mean, you know, these are I would say two star prospects. So so far so good for um for um uh Connell Maynard and the company, you know, they call it they they call uh their recruiting process the boat. You know, the guys that they get, they put on the boat. So, uh, (laughs) that is kind of cool, though. I mean, I know uh, um, uh, uh, Scott over there at Norfolk State, you know, he's getting all the attention with all the the recruits that he's bringing in. You know, and that that is is good. You know, he's bringing in some guys. But I think Connell Maynard is bringing in his guys, you know. He's not trying to bring in all these transfers just like he did in the past because – I think he feels that he has enough here now to actually do what he needs to do. So I'm excited, you know. You know, I mean, signing day doesn't really mean much anymore because, you, I mean, you might sign a bunch of players and then come come summertime, you know, like half of them aren't even on your roster. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. so,
0: is there anybody that you see that could be an immediate impact? I mean, potentially start so far. Anybody have the? Is anyone physically? Good enough to start you know next year,
1: well, I'll say um I don't say anything that can start, but Yaki Johnson, the running back uh he's a two star running back, you know, I think he is fill in that hole that uh chris dukes left, you know, and um he I would say you know he's a he's a four three speed guy, but you know he doesn't have that he doesn't have the actual size I think he's at five eight mm. about one eighty you know that's more of a uh I would say a very small stat back. But um if you have uh Eric Carter who, you know, is coming back from injury, you know, if he's behind him then, you know, that would be a good one two punch. So, you know, that is a person I would say that, you know, probably could um see some immediate playing time. And I would say Elijah Nelson, because he is a I think a six foot two uh, uh defensive back and I think he has the speed to actually play and go from move laterally, you know, from sideline to sideline. So, I mean, I do think that those two are people that we'll probably see. Um, and of course, you know, that six foot eight kid out of Florida, you know, he is a little heavy, but you know, I'm sure that they can look him back into shape.
0: <laughs> yep, interesting. You know, if that if that Nelson can start in the second start in, in our secondary, he's good because that is the one place where we are actually pretty loaded. Uh, going absolutely uh, he can play right away man that'd be nice that'd be good good discussion. absolutely you know i've always found this whole recruiting thing fascinating because um i mean these are like 17 year old kids man i mean <laughs> like uh, how do you how do you put all your i mean i, I would find it very difficult to recruit 17 year olds uh because they don't even know what they're <laughs> they're going to do later on that day so sort of, to see that process and Follow that through is going to be interesting to watch. But uh, anyway, thanks for that update, man. That's pretty cool. So yeah, we got to have a show on that when actually when that when that all goes down. So do you know how far away that is? Isn't February? It's coming up, right?
1: Yeah, um, I almost thought it was February third, but this week. Yeah, I think it is this week. So Um, either either the third or sixth, but I know it's coming up really soon.
0: Okay, cool. All right, we will be on it. Perfect. Okay. Thank you, man. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about that, and then we got to talk about the schedules because I've seen uh, pretty much the whole schedule. But I'm just waiting for them to officially announce it. So not no real surprises, but we can definitely talk about uh, next year the scheduling and recruits in the next coming weeks. So good mm-hmm. time, man. so, yeah, man. So we're just gonna go off schedule a little bit uh, with this uh, last final segment and. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, everyone that I've talked to who's a sports fan has an opinion on the Super Bowl, who they want to win, why they think they'll win, who they're rooting for. So I figure we can just throw our little two cents in there and and share some thoughts. So, um, you know, of course, I live in, in Carolina, so everyone's geeked up over the, the Panthers. Um, I'm not a Panthers fan, but I enjoy watching them because I like the way they play. Um, they're tough. Defensive stuff and Cam Newton is just fun to watch, so I'm actually happy to see them make it to the Super Bowl. Um, I really don't have any rooting interest in this game, but I, I just want to see Cam Newton win because he makes so many people upset for suffering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the, some of the stuff these folks write in the local papers down here about him, you'd think that he was like, uh, you know, carrying a gun on the field. I mean, the man just smiling and dancing. I mean, you know, that's just something that I'm used to in our community. Somebody scoring you, they're going to dance, and they're going to point your face, and you got to figure out how you want to deal with that. Either you want to continue to play or go home, or in certain circumstances, you know, it might start a fight, but it's not a huge, you know, uh, reflection of your upbringing, your personality, your culture. It's just you're celebrating the game. So the fact that he does that and makes so many people down here upset, I'm hoping he wins and dances all over the Broncos <laughs> to a nice blowout win. So I'm going to be rooting for the Panthers just for that, just so, you know, he can make some people have some some pretty bad Sunday nights. So I'm rooting for Cam and I'm rooting for him to dance in front of the world <laughs> and, and, and beat the Broncos. So that's my thoughts on the Super Bowl. And, and any thoughts, man, anything else to add there?
1: I will say this. I mean, this is a game, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is, again, this is not serious. I mean, this is something that you play. Yes, he plays it for a living. But you're supposed to enjoy what you do for a living, you know. If your job is, if you work at Starbucks and you serve lattes, you're supposed to do it with a smile. And, you're, I mean, you're supposed to greet the customer, take the customer's order, and then give them their latte with a smile. This guy plays football. He scores touchdowns is he supposed to just be quiet and stoic? You know, I mean, I can understand, I mean, the culture being a little different from what other people have experienced, but being an African or African-American, you know, we have a different level of joy when it comes to things, how we experience a lot of things. And it's not arrogant. I mean, arrogant, arrogance would be him showing up as players by, what T.O. would do. That's arrogant. Mm -hmm. Ken Newton just enjoys the game, you know. if you can't see that for what it is, then that's that's a new problem. That's not a new problem. And it doesn't even matter. I mean, and I love Ken Newton's spirit because he does not even pay anyone attention. That is not going to stop him from scoring. That's not going to stop him from thinking about you. You know, he's not thinking about you upsetting him. I mean, mean, and and this is the funny thing about it. You have these children who adore that Like, if you go to a Carolina Panthers game, if you go to a game, right when they're starting to hit the red zone, there is a flood of children that just come from all the sections. And they're just bombarding that little uh, end zone area, just trying to get a football. And, you know, if you have a problem with that, then there's something deeply wrong with you. Yep. That's all I gotta say with them, you know. I love. I am from Atlanta. I I know where he's uh, from. I've seen his father. His father goes to my uncle's church. You know, good family. He's just a kid, you know. I mean, I, I mean, he's not a kid. He's a grown man, but he enjoys the game and just let it go. if you can't let it go, then that's your problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple. I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a dance. And it's an exuberance, and he's happy. uh, uh, Interesting. Yeah, so let's hope he wins and uh, makes uh, dances on them fools, and (laughs) we can move on to more important matters, man.
1: (laughs) Now, I would say this. I wish it was Brady that he was playing just so he could stick it to Tom Brady. Now, I mean – Peyton Manning is a nice guy. I, I, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't want to see Peyton Manning get beat up, you know, because I mean, he's a good guy. <laughs> but I mean, but no, I mean, yeah, win the game, just like just like Seattle beat uh, Denver, you know, win the game, you know. But I do, if you want to beat somebody down, like beat the Patriots down.
0: <laughs> that is true. I mean, I think everyone enjoys that. That, that would have been a great sight to see.
1: Yeah, that, Bill, that would have been
0: more more exciting, no doubt. I agree. Yeah.
1: Bill Bill Belichick and Tom Wayne, Cry crybaby Brady. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, you know, we'll see. You know, we we'll talked about the strategy a little bit. I I I actually I'm a little worried for Peyton in this game. I mean, because yes, I mean he's like me back there, man. You put me a quarterback, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, you know. Uh, you know, when I played, I was a lineman. So you know, I, yeah, and yeah. He got lead feet back there, man. So uh, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be he got, interesting game he, for play, <laughs> man. He has like feet like Byron Leftwich, man. Too.
1: <laughs> just just cinder block feet. Just can't get out the way, man. Ooh, and the older he's got, the worse he's got. So oh, just yeah. just throw just throw the ball out of bounds, Peyton. Just don't get hurt. Just make yeah. it through this game. Yeah. That's all.
0: Yeah, and, and and you know, another thing, other thing that I like to see in this game is I like to see when they run Cam Newton where he runs the power. I mean, yeah. can you see a quarterback running power coming down at six, what six five two fifty? Yeah, with a yeah. fullback yeah. and an eight back. I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's 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 football right there. Man. <laughs> mm. That is mm. football. So yeah, it should be good. Good game to see, man. Good game. So. That's it, man. I think uh, I'm all talked out, unless you have anything else to add about the show.
1: <laughs> um, I'm just going to add this one thing. Uh, whoever's scheduling these these uh, games in the NEAC, you are, this is crazy. Um, South Carolina State, you have three games against FBS opponents uh, back-to-back. Central Florida, Louisiana Tech, and Clemson. You know, if you cannot, if you cannot, Handle the weight of just playing regular programs in the MIAC, Then do do us a service and go to Division II, because what happened with Devon Dale over at Southern, you know, playing these I would say mammoth players from the SEC. You have linebackers at 265 pounds, six foot three, running running as fast as a wide receiver. That is a running sledgehammer, you know, and I just do not want to see a serious incident. Whether it's Savannah State or South Carolina State, you know these teams that play the majority of FBS programs, you know. And I think lastly, I'm going to just say this: I think Hampton is going to play Norfolk State the last game of the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I
1: ah, uh, Dick Dennis Thomas. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm ooh. Like we played Howard the last game of the year at Howard, and me and my wife sat in those cold metal bleachers and just left at halftime. It just wasn't <laughs> even
0: worth
1: it. I mean,
0: yeah, uh. Yeah, I I agree, man. Yeah, I was, we're going to really get into that schedule. But, I mean, maybe some of this was decided before the celebration bowl, but I think we're going to see more of this, man. I mean, there is, either, you know, the way our schools are struggling financially, um, if the playoffs are not the goal, and are not even exactly. a realistic option, why schedule yeah. to be competitive with the rest of SCS? Schedule yeah. to pay the bills. Hopefully you win your regular season thing and then potentially make it to the Celebration Bowl. But
1: I Yeah, mean, just, get that.
0: <laughs> just, just a straight-up financial decision now. I mean, I, I hope we yeah. continue to remain competitive and try and win, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know what. I just hope we can try and remain competitive instead of starting off with three straight losses.
1: Yeah, and I think... I think Hampton's schedule is pretty, pretty, I think, the first three games. Were, I think when we got ODU, William and & Mary, and someone else. Yep. I mean, oh, uh, I mean, those. I
0: think we got Coastal, from what I've heard. I think oh, Coastal is called, oh,
1: God. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that is, those are three, like, just supreme beatdowns. I mean, oh, no, God. No,
0: but no I, the, I, you know what, I would not. Early in the season, look at look at Maynard's past two years. Yeah, early yeah. in the season, they're they're competitive with with these yeah. teams. Um, we'll be we'll
1: we'll be competitive against ODU, and we'll be somewhat competitive against William and Mary. We've never beat them, but Coastal.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. I, you know, I would say this year because I still believe in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, of course, yes. Yeah. Two yeah, years ahead, from now, two years from now, I could see them beating Coastal. This, I, you know what?
1: This I, year, I, I do too. Year,
0: I'm not so certain. I, I still think this is a true rebuilding year. But two years I, now, I, I agree. I agree. I mean,
1: I, I like his schemes. I like his players that he has. I just think there's certain things, that I think that we just cannot fix. Like. Jay, uh Gerard Antoine, I love him as a QB. I would love for him to be 100, 195 to 215 pounds. But I just don't think that's just going to happen. Uh, I would love to see Eric Carter, you know, healthy, extremely healthy. And I would love to see that offensive line really get off that ball, you know, and push people around. So, you know, the scheme is there, you know, it's just executing, I think. It's something that I get nervous about, and I I, I think that Manners' uh, coaches, I think, are top
0: notch. Yeah, yeah, no, they're 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 good, they're good. I mean, what we saw last year, um, you know, when we played William and Mary, was we lost that game in the trenches. So yeah. in the trenches, yeah. The test this year is going to be, um, will the line interior of the line be stronger this year? Have, absolutely. Have they, have they increased the weight program? You know, mm-hmm. to the point where they can be competitive. Because I mean, these are three big boys, top notch yeah. programs coming right out the gate. So this will be a good test to see if we can at least stand up somewhat physically. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And along those lines, your boy that you you you've always been high on the, the left tackle. What was um. Yeah. Oh, Torian White. Yeah, I was watching him in an All Star game. He, uh, what what, what All Star game was that? Ah,
1: uh, oh, was the NFL PA Collegiate
0: Bowl. Yeah, he had his moments. Um, he was reaching. His technique wasn't good. You know, he 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 was reaching, but he he definitely displayed athleticism. But you know, he was uh, he wasn't trusting his 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 physical abilities. And yeah, yeah, just a little bit too much reaching and 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 taking yeah, bad yeah. steps.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I think he'll probably just be an undrafted free agent for any 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 of these NFL teams. And probably practice squad player for his first year. Then you'll really have a good shot to make fifty three. Um there is fifty three, uh there is potential for him to be a fifty three player, but just not this year. Right,
0: right. Yeah, he's gotta get one on that technique, man. You could tell he wasn't confident, you know. From, Absolutely. So man, that's good man. I think yeah, we can keep going. <laughs> we can keep going. So, uh, but yeah, man, great show and, uh, everybody stay tuned, subscribe to us, either uh Twitter, Facebook, subscribe on SoundCloud and, um, just, you know, that way you can be alerted when we have a new, a new show and, uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Go Pirates. Go Pirates.